Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. I tell you, these weeks fly by. I can't believe it's Saturday. It's Earl Stewart on Cars, and we're here on your Goldie Oldie station. And I just want you to know I'm not going to sing, do you? Most of you know that by now. But We kind of invaded the station as a real live radio talk show, and uh, that's what we are. Uh, we're all about automobiles, basically about how not to get ripped off by your car dealer. <clears throat> I always hate it when I say that. It's a, kind of a crude term, but it says something succinctly and accurately. The car business has really been living in the 20th century for a long time. Retail cars exist and happen, get sold the way they did 50 years ago or more. And, uh, you know, back in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, people were just used to it, and everybody did that way. All car dealers did it the same way. I did. I started in the car business in 1968. And part of the the interesting thing about this show, I hope, for you, is that I've been there and done that. And I wrote a book, Confessions of a Recovery Car Dealer. So um, I have that knowledge of what the car dealers are doing today because I did the same thing um, a long time ago. I like to think I've cleaned up my act. Uh, Of course, I'm... I'm still in recovery. Uh, as you know about an addict, uh, you just can't let up. You have to keep on. Every day is a new challenge. It's so easy to take advantage of people when they buy a car. Uh, they don't have any place to run. A uh, very interesting situation with car dealers. We are protected, uh, almost like an endangered species. There are 50 state franchise laws, and they protect us. They allow us to do some really crazy stuff. And uh, you can be victimized, and you are being victimized. Most of you are. Some of you don't know that, and I'm preaching to the choir because most of you folks out there listening uh, have listened to the show before, and you're educated consumers. Some of you, if you just tuned in, I challenge you to go back and find the buyer's order, the installment sales contract, all the paperwork you signed when you last bought or leased a newer used car. See if you can find it. Pull it out of the drawer. And then listen to the show. And I'll mention some things like dealer fees, electronic filing fees, uh, uh, dealer-installed addendums, dealer-installed accessories. We'll be talking about this. We'll have a mystery shopping report. And kind of thumb through your paperwork that you uh, have from the dealer you bought your last car. And you'll find out you've been victimized. Probably now. There's always exceptions, and uh, I, I quote the Gallup Annual Poll on Honesty and Ethics in Professions, which has been conducted every year since 1977. Uh, the last full year was 2018. And Stu, have you seen the uh, Gallup Poll for Honesty and Ethics for 2018? I will Google search it right now. Yeah, we'll look that up. But every year for the past 40-some-odd years, car dealers have ranked last or next to last I think maybe their best year ever was third from last uh, for honesty and ethics <clears throat> among all the professions yeah. uh, that you deal with I haven't found it yet but I'm going to guess with what's going on with our government there's a chance for car dealers this time around well you might <laughs> I mean, Congressman 
usually uh, are dead last, and so um, lobbyists are vilified by the consumers. They don't like lobbyists. They don't like Ooh, congressmen. I have it. Okay. Stu says the this last is, full poll. This is conducted just last month, oh. December 3rd through December 12, 2018. Mm-hmm. I'm so disappointed. Car salespeople are dead last below members of Congress. Wow. How about that? And mm. Now, I thought that just would be bef- Just below telemarketers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <coughs> Boy, this is real that, bad. That's, that's depressing. Yeah, well, let's, let's give a hand to the nurses and medical doctors nurses at, at, at the top. Continue to yeah. stay at the top. Exactly. Keep us healthy. Wow. So there you are, <laughs> folks. Uh, that's why this show exists. Bankers. I, I, well, almost like bankers are right in the middle of the pack. Is that right? Yes, a long time has passed since uh, yeah. 2008. Well, you know, you got uh, Jamie Dimon. He's kind of an icon. You're, you're kind of a banker. Well, that's true. I'm yeah. a banker. There you go. So um, You have a redeeming quality. <laughs> this, a lot of people and a lot of car dealers say that Earl Sturron Cars exists because he is using uh, the show to advance <coughs> his car dealership. And in full transparency, I am a car dealer. And uh, I'm, I'll continue on that, uh, on that line of, of discussion. But we do have a caller, and callers are the most important thing to the show. Uh, buddy, I'll be right with you, buddy from West Palm Beach. If you want to call the show, 877-960-9960, and your calls are really the lifeblood of the show. So, Nancy, welcome, please, buddy, to the show. Yes, welcome. Uh, I want to let all of our listeners know that they can too, uh, They also can text us if they'd like at 772 497 Six five three zero, and again that number to give us a call is eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. We're going to go to Buddy, who's holding in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Buddy. Good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. Nice to hear from you. Based on what you just said, I'm scared to death. Yes. I have to buy a. I have to buy a new car. Mm-hmm. Now let me tell you what my situation is. I'm a geezer. I'm an old geezer. Mm-hmm. I'm 80 years old. Well, is that right? And I'm, I'm usually I take Hello care of my old cars, geezer. and I keep my car for years. But the situation is now arising. I have to buy a new car. What do I do? Do I lease or do I buy at 80 years old? Buddy, uh, <clears throat> that is not a black and white issue. And first, let me tell you that when you lease a car, a lot of people don't understand that. You are obligated for the full term of the lease, 36 months, 48 months, whatever it is, you owe the leasing company 36 or 48 payments. If you, say, uh, have an incident where you can't drive, you have, uh, you're visually or whatever it is you're affected, and your doctor says you shouldn't drive a car, you're still going to be making those payments until that lease is c- completed or you're going to have to pay it off in advance. But you're obligated. Now, a lot of people don't understand that. And I'm 78 years old, buddy, so I'm an old geezer, too. And uh-huh. I would, I'm, I'm, I'm so far, I'm knocking on wood now. I drive. As a matter of fact, I got a speeding ticket Wednesday, but uh, maybe that means I don't drive too well. Uh, but I'm a little, if I were you and I weren't into the, I weren't lease, uh, a car dealer, I probably would buy rather than lease. Uh, for the simple uh, fact that I might not be able to drive the car for the full term of the lease. If it's economically, it's six of one, half dozen the other. Uh, You can study and get a good deal on a lease and study and get a good deal on a purchase. 
Also, leases are a lot more complex. They, there's a lot more ways they can get you. On the average, a car dealer makes probably $1,000 more when he leases you a car than he sells you a car. And dealers today and even manufacturers push you to lease. A lease makes them more money. And also, when you lease a car, you're obligated to come back to that dealer, to that manufacturer, before you go into another car. So they have that string on you. When you buy the car, your foot loose, fancy free, you can go anywhere and buy a car, again, from any other manufacturer or any other dealer. Uh, but that's my recommendation, buddy, with all, just what I know about you, is go for the purchase. Let me ask you something. You see some phenomenal prices, uh, 220 a month that will rent this beautiful car. What's the fine print on that? How do they do that? Some of the prices that uh, they quote on television yes. for leasing, I'm, how do they do that? Uh, buddy, it is down payment. Uh, they have in the fine print substantial down payments. I've seen down payments. I saw a Bremen head not too long ago with a $10,000 down payment. Uh, you know, BMW, uh, expensive car like that. Typically, you're going to be looking at least a thousand dollars, two thousand dollar down payment, and then on top of that, they add dealer fees, multiple. There'll be electronic filing fees, other uh, non-government fees, which are simply additional profit. And Stu is uh, looking like he's got a comment. Yeah, this is something else that we see all the time is dealers will play fast and loose with the term out-of-pocket and down payment. It's never clear in the ad. So it'll say, uh, do it signing. And they might have run an ad that says, zero do it signing. And then in the fine print, it says you got to gotta pay your first payment, your security deposit, the dealer fee, sales tax. So it's not really nothing out-of-pocket. Yeah. So. Um, you got to look out for that. And I just thought of another thing. <coughs> you got to look at the yeah. mileage allowance yeah. because uh, you get a lower, a higher residual, meaning what the car is worth at the end of the lease. So if you only put, let's say, uh, 7,500 miles a, a year on a car or even 5,000 miles a year on a car, uh, they can give you a higher residual. So they limit your mileage to a low mileage so they get the car back at a very low mileage. But they don't tell you about it. Again, it's in the fine uh -huh. print. So they charge you 25 cents a mile for every mile over that. Uh, I've seen over mileage charges on lessees in the thousands of dollars, four or five, six thousand dollars surprise fee when you turn the car in. Mm -hmm. I have a question. I don't have a contract with God. God will someday take me. What happens during the lease if I drop dead? What uh, happens then? Your estate, uh, your estate inherits the debt, and are responsible for it. Uh, we have, unfortunately, in South Florida, there are a lot of elder, elderly people like you and me, and we lease a lot of cars and sell a lot of cars because I, I am a car dealer, and mm -hmm. oftentimes, too often, unfortunately. Uh, we have lessees that either can't drive because of physical impairment or they pass away. Uh, the leasing companies oftentimes will not pursue this, but they will <clears throat> they will file a claim against the estate, uh, or if the lessee is impaired, it will be filed against him personally. Uh, there will be a claim filed, but they won't take it to court, yeah. uh, usually. But there's no guarantee, buddy. They could right. take it to court if they wanted to. Could I uh, finance at 80 years old? Oh, sure. Would you recommend financing rather than going to a portfolio and taking a, a, a big chunk of money? 
I think so, buddy. I don't know what you're what you're invested in, but over the years and years and years, I've seen about an average 10% return. I'm an equity investor, and I average about 10% return. A lot of investors, uh, in electronic file, you know, of, uh, either mutual funds or whatever, can get six, eight percent. Um, I have a feeling you've got good credit, and I, I think you could probably. I do. I th- uh, what's the, what's the lowest rates too that uh, someone like Buddy could finance a car for today? Well, on a, on a new car, the manufacturers are still running a lot of very low interest, like subvented programs of point nine percent, one point nine percent. What about a what about a bank or credit union? Uh, just the standard rates right now for good credit, you're looking in the in the four percent range, yeah. the high threes, low fours. I'd fi- I'd finance it, Buddy. I'd get a three point eight or a four point two, and I think you're doing better than that on your investments. So I think uh, it's an economic. Uh, positive solution to go ahead and finance i have one final question when you meet uh fellow car dealers at a reception or anything mm-hmm. what kind of reception do they give you well uh, i'm not, i can't i'm not going to take my shirt off but i have a kevlar vest i always wear just kidding buddy <laughs> <laughs> no i it's courteous it's okay yeah it's very nervous I, you know, I, I think it's a love-hate relationship. I know a lot of car dealers. They know I'm right. Uh, they, I think I, a lot of these guys are really intelligent, and right. they, and they don't really, yeah. uh, they don't really believe I'm a bad person. I think they think of me as a traitor. <clears throat> and as I say, I've been doing the show for 14 years, and I have named names. I have named. I've called dealers. Um, I won't say I call them crooks. I probably have. Yes, you uh, I told have. Them, I told them they've <laughs> broken the law. And I've never been sued. Right. Yeah. Never been sued. Yeah, but at, at a like, if we go to like a meeting or something like that, and we see other guys, I, I got to say, I mean, there is a begrudging respect. In other words, they recognize yeah. your your ability and your talent, what you've done. And there's a few things they'll say. Well, you go a little bit too far on that one, or yeah. or. You know, they don't I've, like you that much. I've had car dealers, uh, respectable, well-known car dealers, call me and say, Earl, I wish I had the courage to do what you yeah. did. They were referring specifically to stopping charging a dealer fee. And I used to charge a dealer fee many years ago. And uh, they're just afraid not to. That's the only way they feel like they can make a profit. Think about it, buddy. These dealer fees average in South Florida over $1,000 a car. And if you take a thousand dollar profit off of every car you sold let's say you're selling a thousand cars a year that's a million dollars and to take a million dollars right off the bottom line of your financial statement would put a lot of dealers into a lost position so it's a very scary thing uh and i can see why they're afraid to do what i did terrific hey you're one of a kind buddy uh, let me add my two cents to your original statement that you made earlier you know, yes. you really have to ignore all car dealers and car manufacturers' advertisements. Yes. That's the best way to go. And uh, as far as your other comment or to uh, asking Earl about his, well, I'll call it success. Uh, there's a whole lot of people that are very jealous of uh, his success and the steps that he has taken and the things that he has sacrificed and... Uh, also, uh, as far as his his vest that he wears, we have deadbolts on our front door now. So, hey, hey buddy, let me give you one last thing. <laughs> R- write this down: TrueCar.com. Yeah. T r u e c a r dot com. www.truecar.com. Best way to go. That's the best way to get a uh, fair price on a car. And uh, when you go to the website, it'll explain it all to you. And if you have any questions, you can call me anytime. But 
T-R-U-E-C-A-R.com, the safest way to buy a car. Terrific. Thank you so much. I certainly appreciate it. Great call, buddy. Thank you. Stay in touch. Bye. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Remember, we do have a mystery shopping report coming up, and uh, you're going to enjoy it. We're going to go to Tina, who is calling us from Bonita Springs, and she is a regular female caller, I'm proud to say. Good morning, Tina. Good morning. How are you doing? We're great. Um, This is kind of like public, well, it is public service announcement time. Again, you know how I love my PSAs. But Prince Philip was in a car accident this past week. Yes. And I do believe it was his fault, 96 years old, behind the wheel. And this brings about an interesting issue. There's a great number of elderly drivers that are on the road. Now, I'll use my dad and another family member almost the same age as an example. My dad is 78, and he's an excellent driver. I, I always feel secure with him behind the wheel. However, there's another family member that is her health is deteriorating. She's not doing well. And unfortunately, I had to file a paper on her. And what that paper was is, the Florida DMV has a medical reporting form. It can be done anonymously. And if you know That's... of a driver that should not be driving for health reasons or because they have dementia, by law, if you know of this, you have to file this paperwork. But the good thing is there will be no repercussions to you. Yeah. So yeah. the whole review process goes over like a 45-day period, and then I think it wraps up in 60 days. But if... The people that work that are the administrators of uh, Florida DMV, their medical staff, if they see that there's really an issue, they will send the driver in question a letter saying, hey, you either need to retest or you need to have a road test or you need to send in your medical records. And they ultimately have the power as to whether this person in question can keep their license or if it's revoked. Yes, we're very familiar with that law. But I know Earl can share, uh, he can share a whole lot on that. Yeah, it's a, it's a good law, Tina, <laughs> except for one thing. And uh, the, <laughs> the thing lacking in the law is that there's no accountability. So let's say that I didn't like your dad and um, I had a grudge. Maybe he fired me, uh, you know, something. I could send in an anonymous uh, complaint uh, on this law, this regulation, Florida law, that your father was incompetent and he was going to kill somebody on the road. That's all it would take. Uh, then he'd have to go through a series of tests. He'd have to have a psychiatric and a medical examination, hearing, eyesight. He'd have to take a physical driving test. He'd have to take a written driving test. And you can imagine the, the strain, the mental strain on someone. You know, I'm 78 years old. Uh, I haven't taken a test in a long time. Uh, you know, sometimes you get a little rusty, and it's kind of scary to have to go in there knowing that if you fail the test, you'll never be able to drive a car again. Mm-hmm. And as you said, your dad is an honest, is a, a very good driver. So I think that the law should say if you turn somebody in and it can be proven that you did it in a malicious manner, that the person that you tried to mess up his life can turn around and sue you uh, for the act of a malicious act. How do you know so much about this? 
Uh, I, well, there, I, I, I'm kind of setting you up a little, Tina, because I went through <laughs> the exact. I went through that. I, I reported that. Earl, and uh, well, it backfired on me. I don't want. I don't want to carry. I, I don't want to take up the whole show, but I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Uh, I fired a, a young lady that worked for me, uh, and the one day I was driving to work, and uh, North Palm Beach officer Abramcheck uh, pulled me over and cited me uh, for speeding. How and, long did he chase you? And then about <laughs> about a month later, I got a letter from the state. And the state said that an anonymous someone had turned me in as being incompetent. I had to get a medical report, I had to take a driver's test, and I had 30 days to complete it, or I would no longer have a driver's license. So I gave my ticket to my uh, assistant at the dealership, and I said, please pay the ticket for me. and my assistant said, oh, uh, I know this uh, police officer. He's married to, and I will, right. won't say the name, but the person you just fired. So then it came to me. Mm. I sued the town of North Palm Beach. Uh, uh, I asked for an apology from the police department and Abram check and a sum of money, and we made a settlement, and I'm very happy. I can't tell you what the settlement is. But that's my story. That's, okay. that's my story. But anyway, it is a good law, and it is a genuine concern. We've all seen people on the roads driving that shouldn't be driving cars. Yeah, you read about them in the newspaper, absolutely. or on TV, and uh, you know the yeah. the 82 year old person went through the window at the 7-Eleven. Fortunately, nobody was hurt, or right. maybe somebody was hurt. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, all kidding aside, Tina, this can be a very bad law or a very good law, and. Uh, Earl gave you the short version of what happened Pretty in long. our lives. <laughs> and let me tell you what, it was traumatic. Rick? All the more I, reason I believe it. for and autonomous because, because cars. There was, there was ill intent, but in my particular case, case it's not ill intent at all. It's a genuine sure. need. This is out of concern, not just for this dear family member who I love to death, but it's for everybody else. Sure. And yeah. Another thing that I did, I have one of those auto locks that fits around the brake pedal or the clutch pedal, and I put that on her car with her permission. I says, well, you need to get the airbag fixed. You need to get the side view mirror fixed. Your car is parked outside. Let's secure it. That way nobody else can steal it. And she thought that was a great idea. But I have the key to the brake lock, and my sister-in-law is involved in this too. And she has the key to the brake lock, and we reserve the right not to take that off. So yeah, yeah. on Monday, we're going to be going to her primary care physician because she had a medical episode last week. And we're going to talk to the primary care physician and get him to say, hey, listen, you know, you need to stop driving because she will listen to the physician. Yeah. Well, your point is well taken, Tina. We don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to break her heart. We don't want to no. hurt her feelings. But no. this is for the safety of everybody involved. Yeah. yeah. It's tough to take a freedom, sh- a freedom machine away from some of us. And uh, Earl talks about his age. I'll take a talk about mine. I'm 76 years old. Earl talked about the driving test. A uh, few things have changed since I was 16 or he was 16 when we took our driving test. So there's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of emotion involved in this. Well, Rick made a very good point, and I'll repeat it. Uh, 
He says, nah, you know, what a great time for autonomous cars. Every time Nancy yep. and I speak before a group, and we speak for, uh, for a lot of elderly people. We talk retired people, and mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes uh, they're thinking in the back of the they, People don't talk about it. You're, you're, you're 65, 75, 85. You don't be talking about in your hearts you're scared to death one day they're yeah, going to take your license it, away. It, it, and just think how amazing it's going to be when these folks can just never stop driving. They just have a car that takes them where they want to go and returns them, and they never have to give up that freedom machine. You know, as just as exactly. a kind of a, a, a an alternative for today, take and, you know, offer them the idea that they sell the car they have now and put that money into an Uber account, yeah. and at least you have the ability to use Uber to get around. I mean, it's become so popular now. Right, yeah. And it's so very easy to use. Yeah, right. I understand At what you're saying, At least it's an alternative. Rick, but, you know, for some of us, that that's really tough, you know. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's I mean, a hard thing to do. It is. It's very difficult. And, uh, Tina, you know, I, I, this past week, I pull my car out of the garage. I feel so empowered. I pop the hood. I'm uh, refilling my windshield wiper uh, fluid, checking the, the pressure on my tires. I'm 76 years old. I feel... I mean, if my freedom machine was taken away from me, I don't know what I would do, you know, but one day maybe I'll be ready for but the you know, but you, but you know what, Nancy, you're an intelligent, conscientious person, and if you knew that you needed to stop driving, I have a feeling that you would say, you know what, it's time. I don't think that you would be prideful and continue even though you knew better that you shouldn't. So, Dean, I'm going to call you when you know, you're 78 you years have... old and see if you still, still feel the same way. But you won't have to worry about right. it because you'll have an autonomous car. Trust me, uh, a lot of people uh, don't want to talk about it, don't want to think about it, no. don't, want to, don't want to admit it. That's a problem. Uh, it's just a very difficult thing to admit that you're old, and you won't realize that till you get old. And, uh, but I, I don't know whether it's getting old or not, or the fact that we're the age that we came from, the era that we came from, the independence, the power, the independence, you know, I think that has a whole lot to do with it. So, uh, Tina, um, we could go on and on about this topic, uh, but thanks for taking care of uh, a family driver that you feel should, well, get your help. And good luck with it. And. Oh, thank you. And then for everybody else, I do believe it's this is Florida DMV's website, and I do believe the form is seven two one nine zero, and it's the medical reporting form. Seven seven one nine zero. Seven two. Yes. Seven two one nine zero. Seven two one nine zero. And if yes, if any of you out there have a family member or a friend that should not be driving for medical reasons, by law, you are compelled to report them. Absolutely. And if they don't have a problem and you just hate your neighbor, uh, please don't do it. It's a rotten, stinking thing to do. Absolutely. Can, unfortunately. Yeah, it's awful. Unfortunately, there's no there's no penalty. You, you can report anybody it. you want. And uh, please don't report me. I don't want to go through it again. <laughs> yeah. And hey, there are um, a lot of no. car dealers out there going to be reporting me. I can yeah. tell it right now. Yeah, hey, we, Tina. We shouldn't talk about this. Thanks, so, thanks so much for uh, bringing that uh, automotive news article to uh, up last week i really appreciate it that was really an interesting article you know uh, right i'm reading about women who are turning wrenches in this dealership selling cards they're doing everything so it's an amazing time 
the did 21st hear, century. Did you hear the one about the woman who was very heavily pregnant, was working up until her delivery date, and she was having contractions? Yeah, oh, my. <laughs> oh, I thought that was awesome. <laughs> That's one it tough was. lady. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, I've, I lived that. I lived that life. Hey, listen, uh, thanks for calling. Stay in touch. You're always uh, welcome and an important part of the show. Thank oh. you for inviting me. Y'all have a good weekend. Thank you. you. Thank you very much. <coughs> Thanks. We're going to go straight to Andy. <coughs> Andy's been holding. He's calling from Jupiter. Good morning, Andy. Having a hard time understanding you, Andy. Are you on a, uh, a remote or on some type of phone? that uh, Can you maybe speak uh, up a little clearer? I think he was speaking Spanish. Andy? Uh, about the older driver law, yes. um, I had a knot in Miami that was 85, mm-hmm. and she was driving, and she had an accident, backing accident, and uh, then uh, she had a little, another little scrape, and finally I told her I didn't want her driving, and I didn't know about the law, mm-hmm. but what we did was that we took her driver's license away and made her sell her car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a terrible thing because you know she was very independent. Yeah. But at eighty five, just you know, she just wasn't driving perf- perfectly, and you know she was having problems. Yeah, and, and this I was, was your mom. She was going to get into a terrible, terrible accident. Andy, I think so. It's, it's, we took her driver's license away, forced her to sell a car, and uh-huh. you know, make sure that you know she had transportation. You know, we had family down there that was yeah. able to give her a ride whenever she needed. But it was really difficult to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it's good you could handle it in the family instead of have to go the legal route. Uh, it's far more personal, and I know your aunt must have understood it was because you loved her and were concerned for her. So it's, it's sad, Absolutely, nonetheless, yes. but you, did, you certainly did the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also wanted to tell you that um, I bought a car from your agency back about, about 10 years ago mm-hmm. and I was very satisfied with the service there with your people they were super super nice thank you and uh, um, you know I've recommended you to many many people that I know because you know I was very happy with the deal I appreciate that it's uh, referral is a uh, best best form of advertising and it's a lot cheaper than having to buy a lot of TV or radio time so thanks very much for the compliment i've been a dealer since 1968 i'm glad you didn't come in 20 years ago i'd have probably screwed you but i uh... <laughs> that's that's really bad I've, I've known some really bad car dealers too so you know <laughs> yeah i used to be one of but them i do uh, my homework I- yeah. Now I do my homework. I, I don't buy anything unless I go through and check every possibility. Well, thank you very much. You sound like a educated consumer and a smart guy. We need A lot of people are getting like that, Andy, and it's harder and harder for these car dealers to take advantage, but somehow they do. The problem is there's no choice. You know, you got uh, 25 right. dealers in your community. You can keep trying a different dealer, and they're all doing just about the same thing. That's, that's sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andy, yeah. thank you so much for calling, and thanks for taking care of your uh, aunt. I'm sure she appreciates you, and uh, you're a uh, she does. family she man. She does. She just turned 93, and she's very happy. Oh, God bless oh, her. Oh, God bless her. Yeah. 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 Oh, great yeah. call. Thank you so much. Thank you. Call again, Andy. 
877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I'm now give out back that, to the recovering car dealer. I'm going to give out a text number again. Uh, we, did, we were a little lax last week, and we weren't getting that many texts. 772-497-6530. And just as I said that, I noticed we've got four texts waiting, so Stu will uh, handle that for me. Yep, uh, here's the first text. We've got four on deck. The first one says, there is a class action lawsuit against Progressive here in South in Florida right now, South versus Progressive, challenging their formula and methodology for settling total losses. One facet of the suit is the fact that Progressive doesn't take the dealer fee into consideration when settling. The suit alleges that with an average statewide dealer fee of $695 charged by the vast majority of car dealers, Insurance companies are cheating customers by not factoring that into the settlement. My question is two parts. Number one, does Earl feel that this will affect dealers at all? And number two, does Earl agree that the dealer fee should be considered when settling total losses in Florida? And there's no name on that. But. Well, I absolutely agree. By the way, I've been contacted uh, by an attorney, and uh, they've asked us about our opinion on this class action suit. Uh, our body shop manager former member of the show. In fact, he's still a member, but he only comes in about once, once a, a month now. Uh, Alan Napier uh, was also contacted by our attorney. Uh, so I'm a little bit familiar with this. To answer your question, yes, positively, insurance companies should take into consideration the dealer fee. Uh, and I believe that $695 is a low number. Oh, yeah, it's got to be higher than that. In South Florida, even the even the lawyers sometimes are not fully aware of the full amount of the dealer fee. The dealer fee is a generic term, uh, and car dealers typically don't charge that hidden fee or name that hidden fee a dealer fee. Uh, so it's become a collective name for all the fees, all by different names. Uh, these, the only thing these fees have in common is they are non-government fees you don't want to pay any non-government fees. The average sum total of non-government fees in South Florida when you're uh, buying a car is over $1,000. In some car dealerships, is several thousand dollars. So you can imagine if you have an accident and progressive your insurance company and you're going to go back and buy your car from a dealer that's going to charge you a $2,000 uh, in sum total dealer fees, it's just uh, pure wrong that Progressive doesn't reimburse you. It's part of the cost. And even if there were some dealers that do charge fees and some dealers that don't, I hate to say this, but to the best of my knowledge, and Stu would agree, and Nancy and Rick, we don't know any dealers anymore that don't charge dealer fees. That's right. Used to be Car CarMax didn't. They went back with the dealer fee. Uh, Mullinex used to, but they went back with the dealer fee. Uh, car dealers have seen the evil that they're doing, and they try to stop, and then they realize they're losing money because yeah. they've gotten hooked on the dealer fee. Stu? Mullinex, Ford, and Apopka. We ah, just shopped. Okay. That's got to be the only one. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's not all Mullinex dealerships. Okay, there is one. Uh, Palm Beach Toyota stopped charging dealer fees, and <laughs> they stopped for a couple of years, yeah. and then they went back, and now they charge about eleven or $1,200 in dealer fees. Uh, the same thing with uh, Southern 441 Toyota, uh, same thing with Delray Toyota, 
Same thing with treasure. I'm more familiar with toilet dealers because yeah. I am a toilet dealer in full disclosure. So uh, Progressive should do this. I think I'm glad to see the class action suit go. I think that any time you have an accident in your car, whether you're insured by Progressive or anybody else, you should check with your attorney. Uh, Donner and Partners used to be Gordon and Donner. Uh, is that right, Donner and Partners? Donner and Partners, Gordon and Donner used to be. Uh, they handle a lot of our customers uh, that have problems, and they are able to go to the insurance company and recover full reimbursement for the value of their car. Because yeah. in, in addition to not char paying them dealer fees, they don't take into consideration the depreciation factor that is just the impact of the accident. The fact that you have an accident, even when you fix the car perfectly, means that car is worth a thousand or more or less, several thousand dollars less. So. Uh, Long answer to a short text. Uh, thanks for that. Progressive class action suit. It is something uh, that I believe car dealers uh, who have body shops, and that's something else. Most car dealers, they don't have body shops. Uh, and so the car dealers are probably less impacted for it than they, the big chain body companies. Yep. Okay, the next one. Uh, this actually came in on our anonymous feedback, um, youranonymousfeedback.com says, I checked on my coolant the other day. This sounds like it might be a Rick question. I checked on my coolant the other day. Popped the radi radiator cap off. Coolant is there, all radioactive green-like and all. My car has a handy coolant drain hole near the bottom corner of the radiator. I allowed for a little to escape into a glass for inspection. All is well. Again, it's very radioactive green. The car has 120,000 miles on the odometer. No overheated engine. No interior heating problems. Should I continue to ignore the 30,000-mile interval to do a coolant and radiator flush? Um, thought experiment. Is that thing at the pointy end of the car a radiator or a convector? My bald and therefore cold head in the wintertime tells me it's a convector. Rick? Uh, no, Rick already <laughs> answered that. I'll let him answer it again. I replied to that. Oh, but this Rick, was... But Rick actually did it, and I copied his reply and replied to this individual, but that's a good question for a lot of people. Rick, um, repeat your answer. Well, the, the very first thing I want to say, anytime that you're going to even touch the cooling system on a car, the radiator cap, or anything like that, make sure the car has been sitting with the engine off for at least a couple hours so that it's nice and cold, because those systems can be pressurized up to almost 20 PSI, and when they are hot and pressurized, if you pop that cap off, you have extremely hot, very sticky mm. fluid flying out of there and can cause some very serious injuries. So make sure it's cold, folks. Safety first. Good advice. But the best advice for coolant, follow your manufacturer, the factory recommended maintenance intervals for maintaining that coolant. If it says to flush it every 30,000, do it every 30,000. Most cars nowadays are more like 100 to 120,000 miles, so you're pretty much in the safe zone there, but go with what your ma manufacturer recommends. Well, I, learned, I learned something from Rick here. I've been in the business forever. Um, I thought that you could detect 
um, coolant that need to be replaced by visual and and the smell test and the visual test. Rick says no, you can't t- you can't tell. Not I, so much you, anymore. Okay, no. I, I mean it used to be at least yep. they said you could, but today the coolant can look great, smell great, but you better replace it. It still can be getting through the end of its serviceable life. Yeah, and it's a good idea to have it done. Just if it you know if the manufacturer calls for that time, do it then and don't eat it. No, definitely, and make sure you I'll dispose of any coolant properly. Because cats like it. Cats and dogs, yeah. especially dogs, because of the sweet flavor of it. So it can be very bad for the animals, very bad for the environment. Um, as for the name of the radiator, uh, well, we do use that term as an industry standard term, just so that all mechanics and parts guys and everybody knows what you're talking about when you ask for a radiator. But technically, it actually does use convection by way of air currents to remove heat from the coolant. Thank you, Rick. Very good. Great answer. Okay. Moving along here. Uh, another one for Rick. What is a vapor test on a car, and should it cost $250? A vapor test? A vapor test. Hmm. I'm unfamiliar with that term. We need a sound effect for stumping Rick. Oh, I would say that's a warning. <laughs> if someone's charging you for a vapor test that's good. and Rick has no idea what a vapor test don't is, don't do it. Don't do <laughs> right. it. Just forget about okay, it. Okay, this, is where, this is where I step in. Excuse me. A va- <laughs> if, we're, if we're looking for context, though, I'm wondering if what they might be talking about is if a car fails has a check engine light because of an emissions problem, an emissions leak. We do what's called a smoke <coughs> test or a sometimes, I guess it could be called a vapor test, where we hook a machine up that actually pumps a harmless white chemical smoke into that emission system so we can look and see if there are any leaks that will show up by way of this white smoke. So that may very well be what they're talking about. And about 250 would be a very reasonable price for it. Um... Bear in mind that you would. this is not a maintenance item. This is only if your car has a problem with its emission system and you have a leak that they can't find any other way. Let me uh, jump in here. I, I posted on my personal Facebook page. That's just uh, <coughs> facebook.com forward slash Earl Stew, E-A-R-L-S-T-E-W, uh, a Consumer Reports article that I alluded to last week on the show, and it's called Can You Trust Your Car Repair Shop? In that article, uh, it's a great article. It tells you the best repair shops by dealer, the best repair shops by independent. But it also has a list of what you should pay for repairs. Uh, This has got it all. I mean, I love Consumer Reports. Uh, In full disclosure, I mean, we just subscribe to Consumer Reports. It's a not-for-profit. I don't do anything for them. I'm I'm not on their board of directors. They're just a really outstanding company. Been around for a long time. Uh, car repair shop buying guide. Uh, they have uh, how to find a quality repair shop. Should you buy a prepaid maintenance plan for your car? How much you should pay mm-hmm. for repairs? So, and I just shared that on the uh, f- yeah. on the Earl on Cars Facebook page too. So you can oh, go to perfect. Yep, Earl on Cars Facebook page. Can you trust your car repair shop? You can find out how much you should pay for every kind of a repair. Okay. Um, Our next text is from Alice in Lake Park. She says the previous caller who stated he took his mother's license away and forced her to sell her car was out of line. Doesn't she still have rights, Alice in Lake Park? They took her license away under the law, this law that... 
I think the caller just said that we took the license. Right, that, that was Andy from yeah. uh, where he said his, his aunt. His aunt in Miami. He said they oh, just took yeah. her license and sold, made her sold her car. Well, you know, that's a personal issue, and mm-hmm. I, th- I still think if something can be dealt with within the family, it's better than involving the law. This law that Tina referred to, uh, she's passionate about that being a good law. Uh, it's a good law if it's used uh, with honesty and transparency. I want to know if, and maybe I'm wrong here, and you can tell me if you disagree with me, if I see a person driving that I think is a danger to society and others on the road because of the fact that they're too old to drive a car, and I am going to tell the Department of Motor Vehicles to take their license away, why would, it be, why would I be afraid to be named? If, you know, I, am, I believe that anyone, if I said... Uh, to Stu, and he was elderly, uh, you're too old to drive, and I was wrong. Stu should have his right to his day in court to come back and see me and talk to me and cross-examine me and find out why he think, I think he uh, shouldn't be driving. The right well, to face your accuser. I don't like the anonymity. I don't like the immunity that you give people under this law. So to handle it personally, as Andy did with his aunt, Maybe he was unfair, but personally, I'd rather have Stu come and take my license away from me than report me anonymously. Because if he did, I'd beat the hell out of him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. We're uh, hmm. We're heading towards that borderline for violence. I've been been working out. He just took the words right out of my mouth. He has been working out. I'm staying away from you. Okay. uh, And we'll... Last one catches us up. It says, uh, this is from Leo in Boynton Beach. Leo says, what's the likelihood that other manufacturers like Toyota will be going direct to the customers with their own retail stores like Tesla? (coughs) Leo in Boynton Beach. Leo, it's a great question because I love to tell people something they probably don't know about why dealers are an endangered species and protected by 50 state laws. 50 state laws and some federal laws, too. Uh, They have lobbied themselves into immunity from extinction. And uh, the reason that General Motors, Ford, Honda, Toyota aren't going to be selling you cars directly for a long, long time, like Apple sells you iPhones, is because it's illegal. The The dealers have made it illegal for anybody to sell a car, a new car, except for a car dealer. So they're protected by law. They can do about anything they want, and you can't buy a car from anybody else except a car dealer. <laughs> and this is now. That's not. Let, let me explain. You say, well, Tesla is a is the exception. Tesla can only sell you a car online, so you cannot buy in the state of Florida a Tesla from a Tesla dealer, a new Tesla. You could go into a Tesla dealer in Florida, and you could go online and buy it from Tesla manufacturer online. But that's the only way you can do it. Now, eventually, the other car manufacturers might try that, but here's the problem. They have entrenched and protected not only from the state legislators, but from the manufacturers themselves. Mm -hmm. In fact, the franchise laws were first designed to protect the dealers from the manufacturers. So if Toyota... They can't compete with the dealers. Yeah. If Toyota (laughs) wanted to sell cars directly, they'd have to compete with me and all the other Toyota dealers in 
in the United States. There's 1,200 Toyota dealers all over the United States, and if Toyota starts selling cars directly, first, that'd be a huge lawsuit. And secondly, they'd be competing with all the dealers that they've already set up and can't get rid of. Right. Toyota cannot cancel a car dealer. Uh, and I, I'm speaking from Florida. They can't cancel a car dealer. Car dealers have perpetual uh, contracts. Now, if the car dealer did something ludicrous, like committed a crime, burned down a, a school, something crazy, sure. then there is there are some exceptions. But for most of the things that go on, car dealers cannot be canceled, terminated, their contracts can't. They are in perpetuity. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like Interesting. Perpetuity, I like to say that. Um, what a scam. It's a great word. I'm telling you. Yep. Hey, uh, listen, uh, your anonymous feedback, uh, great way to get in touch with us, and it, you are definitely anonymous. Also, 772-497-6530. You can text us, and we'd love to hear from you uh, when we get that uh, mystery shopping report, <coughs> excuse me, would love you to grade it. And also our toll-free number is 877-960-9960. So there you go. The lines are open. Give us a call. We're going to go to Ken, and Ken is calling from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Wow, cold there, Ken. I'll bet. Okay, yeah. Yes, it is. It's very cold today. Uh, good morning. Good, good morning, morning, everybody. And I have to absolutely thank you, Earl, um, because I'm the firefighter paramedic that bought a new 2016 Prius. And when I received it, um, I couldn't switch the speedometer to metric units, which is yes. a problem going over to Canada on the border. And you suggested that I start a class action. So I'll talk to you about that offline. But what I wanted to thank you for was to get an education on cars. What I did, I enrolled in a community college class for credit, for credit hours mm -hmm. on automotive maintenance. And if anybody wants to learn about cars, best way to do it is to take a class. Wow. And yeah. uh, so this had, uh, the classroom had uh, 12 lifts, truck lifts, and uh, the textbook, which you can buy a first edition for about $10. Uh, my textbook was $100. Uh, Fundamentals of Automotive Technology, it's about wow. uh, 1,800 pages, covers everything. And uh, you then can, with the knowledge, go down to the Secretary of State, and, at least in Michigan, for six bucks, take a test, and become certified. Wow. Um, the, the questions are uh, the ASE-type questions, where Tech A says this, Tech B says this. What was fascinating is when I got my car, one of the, uh, the cars, or it's actually the truck on the left, you had eight instructors looking at the previous uh, service on brakes and stuff like that, and they could see problems that you could then correct. But what was interesting is dealers and other service centers that did the work, um, if it was uh, not up to par, it was uh, pointed out. You basically had eight instructors that were clones of Rick uh, with 20 to 30 years of experience wow. in the college. How cool. The best thing is... Uh, classes, if you're a senior citizen, can be free in many community colleges. Wow. So I didn't have to pay $800 tuition. And um, because I achieved academically in it, got invited to an honor society, which then gives you up to $30,000 of scholarships at some of the other universities because you're a scholar. Wow. Um, who would think? Yeah. Uh, so so Congratulations. I encourage people to become an informed consumer, as you say, but take it another step further. Uh, 
and uh, take a class because you will see the upcoming technicians and the students that were in a Votech class in high school, they were excellent. Mm -hmm. But there are some really flaky students coming through, and they're going to be changing oil and changing fluids. Mm. They don't care. They just wanted the money, and they really didn't care about your car. Ken, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah. Do you get the feeling that the instructors in the textbook uh, are completely up to date with the modern technology? I'm thinking about this uh, digital revolution, this technological uh, thing that's happening with newer vehicles. Uh, I say on the show from time to time, if you bought your car five years ago, from a safety standpoint, it's obsolete today because there's some safety features that are really almost vital by today's standards that weren't on a 2013 car or a 2014 car. They are up to date. Uh, In fact, uh, because I go to engineering conferences, I actually invited one of the instructors to come to the engineering conference where they design uh, the LIDAR and the radar systems that go into oh. uh, vehicles. Wow. So, and he was kind of surprised, uh, and I was surprised that he didn't go there. But being in Michigan where they make cars. Yeah, you're in the heart soul uh, of the automotive. Yeah, they, they are up to, uh, to date. The textbook, surprisingly, was very up to date uh, on the second edition. So it covered uh, pretty much everything. And you can go online and Google the book, uh, this is uh, Fundamentals of Auto Technology, second edition by Kirk Van Gelder, and uh, you can see uh, samples of the book, and it's uh, it's extensive because you're getting you can get a degree out of it. In fact, what was even funnier because I'm in the medical field, I was in the library, and some nursing students were studying for cardiology exams, and they were asking questions about cardiology and didn't know the answer, so I said, well, the answer is this. And they looked at me and said, well, are you in a second year of nursing? I said, no, I'm in uh, taking auto technology. (laughs) Just freaked them out. Ken, you're an uh, an amazing guy. I love you. I never met you, but this Prius thing with the... uh, with the odometer and the issue of kilometers and miles per hour, and you're so right, and uh, they they hard they hardballed you, they just stonewalled you, and you've got a safety issue there, and you're going to do a class action. I can't wait to talk to you, but uh, the world needs more smart guys like you. Yeah. That's all I can say. I I really appreciate that. That's amazing. That. Amazing. Well, thanks, but take, uh, but you know, I encourage every senior citizen check out your community college. Yeah. Um, and you can go in there. It's unusual. There's like one percent of the students that are over sixty, uh, hmm. but uh, you freak out the young people when you have the knowledge that they don't have. They don't have the soft skills like get up, mm-hmm. come to school on time, <laughs> and you have that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you, you will pull. do. People will do well, and you'll be fully informed because. Their program goes through, I'm taking the electrical, automotive electrical now, uh-huh. um, and it's simple. I, I can do a semester basically in, in a week. Well, you can, um, you can fill in for Rick on vacation. <laughs> we'll have you. Yeah, we'll fly it. you down, and you can fill in for Rick on vacation. <laughs> right. So there you go. Maybe I'll do that. I got the frequent flyer miles. No problem. <laughs> it's a deal. <laughs> well, stay warm, okay, Ken. Thanks. I just wanted to let you know. T- take those classes, folks. Keep fighting the good fight, and uh, call me about that class action. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. Thanks. Stay. Okay. Stay have a good touch. day. Thank you. Thanks, Bye-bye. Bye. Have a great bye. Have a great weekend. We're going to go to Bob, who's been holding from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bob. Hey, Bob, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yep. How you doing? What, what can we do for you this morning? Um, this might be a question for Rick, I guess. Um, the oils of today, uh, like conventional, uh, 
a blend and a synthetic. Um, can can you uh, and the oil filters? Can you tell me the difference? I mean, what's the difference of the car today needing uh, synthetic and the cars of yesterday needing just regular oil? Like, I'm a nut with oil and the oil filter. So, uh, you know, I just changed my oil, and they said I just needed synthetic. And my other guy said I needed, you know, conventional. So I I really don't know the, the difference. Uh, the main thing is right now, newer cars are running synthetic oil because they're able to run a much lighter weight oil and the tolerances in the engine are much, much tighter. Um, the, the oil gap, what we call the oil gap in like the bearings on the connecting rods and the, the spacing between the pistons and the cylinder walls used to be, it was a little bit larger and that thicker oil was used to help fill in those gaps. Now we're using much thinner oil, and the materials that we're using in these engines are vastly improved, so they're running a much tighter tolerance. There are much smaller gaps in there, and it makes the engines last longer. They run more efficiently. They burn cleaner, and, of course, the big disadvantage is you do have to run the synthetic oil that costs about 60 to 70% more by volume. However, the other side of it is you're also increasing the maintenance interval on most of these from 5,000 miles to 10,000 miles. And so it's actually a kind of a win-win situation all the way around. Um, the best advice is whatever is on the oil cap on your engine, whatever your manufacturer calls for, that's the best oil to run. If it says to run a 10W30, well, that's a fossil oil, run the 10W30 and you'll be just fine. But if it says you need a 0W20 synthetic oil, definitely going to want to stick with that. And some of the newest cars out right now are running a 0W16 oil. So pretty soon we're going to see oil that's almost as thin as water. Wow, why... Then why do they say that, you know, my car is like a sports car, so they're saying like a 040 or a 540 uh, synthetic, and I and I have a turbo, and they said that that's the best oil to run. Is that, is that true? I mean, I well, don't know. I mean, I always use Penn's oil and Fram filter, and now this Mopar stuff is, is coming out, and uh, that's supposed to be the best or something. I don't know. Well, who who is they though? I mean, if it's if it's the manufacturer of the car that says yeah, this, yeah. yeah, if they if they say this is the oil that we recommend you run in the engine that we designed, I would go with that because they're the engineers who built that engine. They designed it to run with that particular weight and that type of oil, and oh, that's what they have tested over and over and over to make sure that it'll work properly in their engine. If you That's switch to something so you else, can't go from, you can't go from a uh, synthetic to a, a blend or even the conventional anymore. I guess you got you have to use uh, synthetic. Right. If if that's what it calls for, that's what you should stick with. Bob, let me uh, just interject something here. It might not make any difference to you, but a lot of people. And we call it synthetic oil. It's not really synthetic oil. It's fossil oil. Uh, True. The, the synthetic oil is made from. 
uh, regular oil that they get out of the ground. They just refine it in a different manner, and it becomes a, a thinner uh, oil. So I feel better now about using quote-unquote synthetic oil because it's not really synthetic. The idea is someone in a, in a chemistry lab with a bunch of test tubes was shape, making a martini shaker full of stuff <laughs> and say, I'm going to call this oil, always bothered me. But your synthetic oil is not synthetic, as uh, crazy as that sounds. It's real oil. Uh, the other thing that bothers me a little bit is the fact that, first of all, I totally agree with Rick, do what the manufacturer's recommendation says. But in the back of my mind, I've always had... Uh, a certain wondering of whether the manufacturers were sincere in everything about having to use the new more expensive oil, the quote-unquote synthetic oil, uh, because they did it, in my opinion, partly because they need to meet the CAFE requirements, which are the national law that says the fleet of cars that you sold, Mr. General Motors, that are on the road have to have at least 47 miles per gallon, or we're going to fine you $10,000 for every car on the road. And that's, that's what it really is. So if you miss the federal requirements on fuel economy, uh, you're in serious, serious trouble as a manufacturer. The synthetic oil will give you a few tenths of a mile per gallon more. And when you're talking millions of dollars in survival financially because of the CAFE requirements, you're going to take every little advantage you could get. So how much do they really care for you, the owner? Is it really going to make the car last longer? Probably will, but there's a little bit of a selfish motivation in using synthetic oil. I thought, you know, that that sounds right. I mean, they, you know, they say that you have to use this oil. If you use any other kind of oil, you, you won't be covered under the manufacturer uh, guarantee, warranty. Who's the so, manufacturer, Bob? Um, it's a Fiat. Fiat. Fiat Spider. Oh, boy, you're in trouble. <laughs> well, <laughs> I knew that was coming. You know, you've been talking about Fiat's, and, and I really, uh, all my other cars that I've had ha have been really bad. I mean, this car yeah. I had for two years already, and nothing's bad. I mean, it's just really, really a lot of fun to drive, actually. Well, they are. I, I, I love I used to drive a Spider. I, I was a Fiat dealer, as you probably know. And they were, well, back they were, in the uh, old days, though, when they first came out, they were really bad. The Alfa Romeos and the Spiders, they were bad. Well, Bob, I got news for you. They're still bad. I just opened your consumer, <laughs> opened the consumer well, I reports. I mine isn't. I mean, I had some <laughs> Nissan uh, 280 and 300ZX, and they were so bad, you know. Yeah. Huh. And even Lincolns and Cadillacs, I mean, they, they were bad, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, so, I, but this one, for two years, I, I haven't had a problem. But I, I do have a problem, you know, like I said, I'm a nut with uh, oil. I've always kept it up. And, uh, you know, does the synthetic mean, uh, I know you're saying that it's it's thinner. Does that mean that you can use a, 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 a Slick 50 or a Duralube also with that? I mean, because that that's like almost like a synthetic oil, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, Slick 50 and Duralube. They they were all the rage quite a few years back. Uh, you don't really hear about them quite as much anymore. Um, I've always used them. I, I, I mean, figure I love Duralube. Yeah, I figure it can't hurt, but I wouldn't be bragging about it to the Fiat dealer if you have a warranty issue with your engine. Because oh, no. if they if no, they were to no. find that out, they may use that as a way to say, well, at least that's one we don't have to fix. 
Yeah, yeah that's right. No, you're right. Yeah. And fiat dealers might not be around much longer because the, the sales are plummeting and uh, it's a, a pretty bad condition. So uh, you, you might want to find an alternative. Well, next well, year, I, you know, Toyota I saw, Super. Um, in, in a parking lot, I saw, I don't know what it was, but it was a beautiful, I think it might have been the uh, Toyota Supras. Mm-hmm. They they really really look good. I wish I looked at it a little closer. Yeah. But it was at night and stuff. But I mean that looks like a real nice car. It's and beautiful car. I it's drive beautiful. by your place and I and like to come in and look at that. You know. They're, that they're pretty really expensive. Good. We don't know what the price is yet. But we, we don't have pricing yet. But it's, I think it's uh, March, which is a couple of months. Yeah. Or less. Well, I went out in March. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We they're they're they built the vehicle now. We just haven't got to the dealers yet. Right. So. So we'll have, uh, hopefully, I'll have in March. It's uh, a niche car, and they'll be expensive, and they won't build a lot of them, and the dealers will charge you way too much for it. Uh, they typically take a, a low-supply, popular, high-demand car, mark up the MSRP, mm-hmm. thousands of dollars. So uh, the dealers love these cars. <clears throat> oh, yeah, get ready for a circus. When, when a hot car comes out, we've seen dealers hold auctions in the showroom. Yeah. Running up the price of on a brand new car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, new car, a uh, new Toyota, and uh, I think it was uh, King. Was that King uh, Toyota? Well, I remember uh, a couple of things. I think when they had those Hellcats, this was uh, the you know the yes. Dodges. They would do that. Like, uh, and then also, this is really strange because it was an inexpensive car. Going back like 15 years ago, when these Scions first came out, and they had that boxy XB, which was kind of yeah. quir- a really quirky looking car. They came out with a special edition color. It was called Hot Lava. It was this orange color. And everybody uh, wanted this car. Uh, yep. And th- these cars, they, they were fourteen thousand, you know, fifteen thousand dollar cars, and they're 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 auctioning them off in the showrooms. They're getting up to thirty thousand dollars for a brand new car, double the pro- double the MSRP. Yeah. Well, and, and now what's the other the new uh, super hot Challenger? Was it the the Demon or the? Oh yeah. What yes. do they call it? I don't know. The thing that everybody in the parts department is drooling over. Yeah. Well, they they had the Hellcat, <laughs> and then they came out with this next one. It's like the the. Biggest, most super powerful challenger ever. Uh, <laughs> and it, those are huge prices. It's unethical to mark a car up over MSRP, yeah. but yeah, a lot of car dealers are doing it. Bob, uh, thanks for a great call, and uh, good luck with the Fiat. Okay, th- yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> thanks, Bob. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at... And don't forget your anonymous feedback. You can take advantage of that also. You know, uh, uh, to uh, what Bob was talking about, I just read in the USA Today Money section about these dead cars that are finding, shall we say, a new life. And uh, there's not much advertising involved in these cars because, you know, they're they're so, uh, what is it? They have such a reputation uh, like the Bronco. We all know where that where I'm going with that. So uh, anyway, uh, we have a caller, and I'm sure that he read the article about these cars. John, welcome to the show. Good morning to everyone. I'm sorry, I don't hear anything on the radio yet about the biggest news in the automobile industry, Volkswagen announcing a brand-new plant for electric cars in Tennessee. This is unbelievable. Volkswagen intends to spend $50 billion in the next five years just on electric cars. Hmm. They're also going to build a new electric microbus. And everybody remembers, I call them the hippie buses of the 70s and 80s, how successful it was. 
So all I can say to Tesla is, look out, stand aside with Tesla, because Volkswagen is not only coming, but they're coming on heavy. And this is good news, because it tells you the, the uh, enthusiasm and the future of electric cars. And here they will be made right in Tennessee, and Volkswagen's behind it, so it's not a small kid on the block. And this will be a great call. Maybe that's why Elon Musk just laid off 6,000 employees. Yeah, that's uh, shocked everybody. Uh, a lot of these employees had uh, worked overtime and made a lot of sacrifices to keep them going. They were really bought into the whole Tesla thing, and he just uh, fired 6,000 of them. Yeah. Mm. Too bad. Not only that, the, uh, in China, he reduced the Tesla by $3,000, mm-hmm. and for the United States, he reduced the car by $2,000. So a few of the owners of Teslas are quite angry because when they bought it last year, it was $2,000 for their model higher. And he's saying because it's the federal uh, tax, you know, the allowance of 7500 and he's claiming that's the reason why he reduced them for $2,000. Also, the rumor was when he wanted to go private, there was something going on then with Volkswagen. It was only a rumor mm-hmm. that he was going to combine something with Volkswagen and they were going to put some kind of deal together on electric cars. That was only rumor. So um, I wouldn't be so fast to say that elect- uh, Tesla is going to be the leader. It will be Volkswagen in the electric car industry. Well, John, you got to remember that Volkswagen is not uh, pure white. Uh, they're... Uh there's a little darkness there, too. They've still got this diesel thing facing them. And I just saw a full-page ad in some newspaper the other day. I, I'm not sure whether it was a class action or just you know, just an advertising thing to let people know that there's hundreds of thousands of Volkswagens all over the country sitting parked that uh, have uh, diesel engines that uh, are spitting out a lot of uh, pollution uh, that violate the federal law, emission laws. And everybody's wondering what's going to happen to all those vehicles. I have a feeling they're not going to uh, dump them in the Atlantic Ocean. And we think that a lot of these cars are probably going to be sold. But Volkswagen has these cars now. Uh, they also have a couple of their executives. I think even their CEO went to jail. Uh, they actually had some serious crimes, um, in, in not just the United States, but also in Germany. So, you know, I guess you could be immoral and also a great engineer. And I guess that's what we have here with Volkswagen. Sure. They're immoral, but they're also great engineers. Yeah, they have a Well, there was a picture in uh, Post last year, in New York Post, of uh, thousands and thousands of Volkswagens that the dealers had lined up in a storage area, Mm -hmm. and they were the same reason for that uh, scandal that they had. So, I mean, I'm still anti-Volkswagen for what they did to the American public. I think it was 100% wrong, and the fines weren't even good enough for them and even resignation of the CEO. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the electric car. I mean, uh, that could five years from now they could be heroes. You don't get mad at me if I buy a microbus electric one. Microbus, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, they were certainly successful with that uh, that particular model. I did not know about the uh, plant in Tennessee, so you're I, I I must have missed that. But thanks for the information. That's good news for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yes, very good news. $50 billion, wow. Yeah. $50 billion in the next five years. Yeah. Unbelievable. Fantastic. Well, so they're, they're here to stay, for sure. That's right. Anybody that's skeptical about electric cars, <laughs> yeah, that's this the, is the future car. Yeah, money talks. That's there what's you going go. on, yeah. yeah. John always informs us. Thank you so much, John. Okay. Have a good day. You, you too. Bye-bye.
Our mystery shop is coming up from Coral Springs Honda. You want to stay tuned for that, and we would love to hear, or we'd love for you to text us with your vote on that mystery shop at 772-497-6530, or you can uh, give us a call at 877-960-9960. Back to the recovering car dealer. We got a, uh, text the, the text and comments and questions are piling up, so oh, boy. go to the first one. Uh, this is from Jim. He says, what is your thought on the new cars that shut off when stopping at a red light and start when you let off the brake? I'm sure it's for the EPA, but my thoughts are, are you going to pay more to replace the starter than the money you save by the car shutting off? Well, Rick answered the mechanical question. (laughs) Yeah, they tried that on the Highlander. And from what I have been able to find out, these are being looked at as... Even Toyota's starting to say, what were we doing? What were we thinking? Really? Yeah, I've had some complaints. It's They actually act, have to have a second starter motor on the vehicle that is dedicated just to this, what they call uh, start-stop technology, right. and it doesn't work well. Does, is that the same thing that you see on the hybrids? Because the hybrids will do something similar where it cuts off and starts uh, up again. It is similar, but I'll, I'll, I'll hit the hybrid in just a quick second. Basically, what this system does is, and it, as the way they're set up is it's the car, when you come to a stop, it shuts the engine off, and then when you step on the accelerator, it restarts the engine and away it goes. But it has this special starter motor that actually has a service interval for when it has to be replaced. Oh, okay. And the battery even now has, where before it was simply when batteries failed, you replaced it. Now the batteries actually have a service life when you're recommended to replace the battery as well because of this new technology. They're extremely expensive. They really don't save that much in the way of fuel, and they're not working like they should. it seemed like a, a great idea. A great idea, but one more thing to break. Yeah. The complaints I got was that it was a little unsettling if you're uh, not used to driving a hybrid, that the car goes silent, and then there's a shudder and a little hesitation right. at the, at the, when, you, when the light turns green, mm. and some people just didn't like that. Now, on, on our hybrid system, however, the, electric, the gasoline engine is actually bolted up to the electric motors, and it doesn't have an actual starter motor. The electric motors that drive the car... The one simply reverses itself into a a motor to start the gasoline engine and then becomes a generator to produce electricity. So it's a very different system. It doesn't have that same shock effect of its the way it needs to be operated to start up. And the gasoline engine only runs when it needs to versus this one where the gasoline engine has to run to drive the car and so it's it's a very different system. Yeah, I imagine with the hybrid, people kind of know that they're getting into a, a different you know feel, or something that's different, so they expect yes. something to feel. And you, you quickly become used to that yeah. very quickly. Jim, I think we answered your question. Yeah, we, I yes, think, we did. Yep. Okay, next question. This is from Paul in Palm Beach Gardens. Uh, quick one, because we got a bunch. I think we have eight to go through here. So, mm-hmm. is synthetic oil okay to use on a classic car that's forty years old? It is, but follow the original change interval that you were going with the the still stick with what the manufacturer recommended which on most older cars was every three thousand miles it's okay but it, you, know, you don't have to right, right. and uh, like rick says but change it more often than they they recommend for this instance yep instance. yep okay so now we have this is a regular texture this is Anne marie she says good morning speaking of oil 
Do you have any suggestions on how to remove really old oil stain from a concrete driveway? I've tried Dawn, Tide, OxyClean, and good old-fashioned elbow grease at various times, but the stain remains. I know if the oil is fresh, you can sop it up with kitty litter, but what can be done if it's an old stain besides parking a car over the stain? Thank Dynam- you. Dynamite will do it. Boy, I'll tell Dynam- you what, Ian Marie. <laughs> a hammer I've or be- a pickaxe. I've been there. I have definitely. I understand what you're talking about. Muriatic acid. Ah. What? Available at your local... Swimming pool supply store. Huh. I love it when Muriatic Rick, Rick has a slightly smug look when he knows he's got the answer <laughs> I've, to something. I've like, used it many times. <laughs> and it dilute it with some water, test it on a small area first, because trust me, it's going to leave that concrete very, very clean. Wow. Okay, so you're saying that, like myself or even Anne-Marie, it's safe for us to pick S- that up? Stop right in your and local just pool pick supply it up store, pour some into some water. And just work it in with no a scrub brush. No gloves necessary. Uh, well, no. wear, wear gloves and make sure that you got a little bit of breeze going for what you that what day. If you have, what if you have and a color? Down. What if you have color on the concrete? We'll take the color out too. It may. I mean, it if it's may. a terracotta. So test it on a small area that's not really visible first. I think that yeah, Nancy, you're talking about terracotta. You know those um, paver driveways. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, test if you've, it on if one you've of got them. those, <laughs> test yeah. it somewhere away off to the yeah. side first. What about pressure cleaning? Um, would a pressure cleaner get it out? Quite often it can, but if it's soaked down into the concrete, yeah, it may tough. not be able to get if past it's the old, surface. I don't, I forget don't about it. it. Oil and water. Yeah. yeah. Brute force. Maybe a really hot pressure cleaner. Mm. I don't think they make I a used good soap. A, I used a jackhammer on my There you go. There you mm. go. I was thinking pickaxe. <laughs> okay, this is a, a uh, okay, interesting question. Good morning. How is Earl going to select his buyers for the new limited supply Supra? This is from Everett. Well, that's a great question. Uh, the same way we did on the limited supply Prius when they were only building one uh, one a month uh, or supplying one a month, uh, what we do is we take uh, refundable deposits. It'll be probably a $500 refundable deposit, uh, refund- refundable for any reason. Uh, we do that just to be sure you're serious. Sometimes when you have a high demand, low supply car, people will get on the list, get in line just so they can broker the car. They really don't want it for themselves, but they're unlikely to want to lay money out of pocket for that uh, possible contingency. Uh, and then that's the way we do it. As soon as the car comes in, uh, uh, you take delivery of the car, we deliver it. Uh, we don't mark the cars up over MSRP because we think it's immoral, and all the other dealers do mark it up over MSRP, and therefore we sell cars faster, and then the manufacturers allocate their cars That's based correct. on what they call turn and earn. So if one dealer is selling uh, at a higher pace uh, rate than the other dealers, they, get more they receive more cars. So uh, many years ago, I'm bragging now, but I... I admit it unashamedly, we went from a teeny-weeny dealer in Lake Park uh, to one of the largest Prius dealers in the world. We were number, we're one number time, one. one time we were number four largest Prius dealer in the world. Yeah. And uh, we went from one Prius a month up to... Yeah. And that was out just outside of California. Yeah. Cal- yeah, we're going to say Cal- We yeah. were selling like California. 50, 60, 70 Priuses a month. Uh-huh. And uh, that was a... Uh, Nancy wants to know, what about her Supra? You don't get one, honey. I'm sorry. Are you serious? Absolutely. I used to drive one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, in line. What about a paintball battle royale? <laughs> we put them all in a field with paintball gear, 
and the last one standing gets to gets to buy the car. That'll get some attention. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, the next one's from Steve in New Jersey. Um, uh, he says, I went to Toyota and Lexus online and built a Highlander and Lexus LS. It surprised me that both had a $1,025 delivery processing handling charge noted. What is this, and does the manufacturer or d- dealer receive this? That sounds like a delivery fee for the manufacturer. Uh, that's the manufacturers. Yeah, yeah that's, that's illegal. Uh, you pay it from the dealer, whether you buy it on the deal- at the dealership or you buy it online. The car, the car you're buying online uh, from Lexus online and, and, the, and the dealer online are dealers, and the, uh, the freight uh, is a legitimate price that the manufacturers all put in their, in their prices. Don't pay twice. Uh, car dealers are double dipping. Uh, so if you see a charge on your buyer's order, as you saw online, don't pay it. That's baked into your price. The dealer has it baked into his invoice, and it's also baked into the MSRP. So they will differentiate it online, but the dealer will should not have it on the paperwork, the Correct. vehicle buyer's order. It should not be. Um, okay, jumping over to Facebook, we have a few comments and questions here. Uh, Jeff says, I don't disagree that the license should have been taken away. Um, my grandmother picked me up when I was in elementary school, and she turned and went on the wrong side of the road. It was at that point she decided to stop driving for her safety and others. So she made that decision herself. Uh, this is a comment from Jared just about that um, evaporative or that vapor test we were talking about. He just suggested maybe he means fuel evaporative emission smoke test. Could that be something? That was that was what we had mentioned. Yep. Okay. And let's see here. Okay. Uh, there's a bunch in here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know there's one more. Tell you what. Once you continue, I'll find the next uh, question. Well, let me let me talk about something very important, and uh, I, I I did want to get to it before the end of the show. It has to do with a uh, with a class action suit uh, that I'm going to be consulting on, and it has to do with. Uh, uh, the dealer fees. Uh, the uh, we're looking right now, and we're starting on our own cars for witnesses uh, to purchases of vehicles in Florida or anywhere. Uh, we're looking, hopefully, uh, from a larger dealer, witnesses that know of a incident where someone purchased a vehicle, a new vehicle or a used vehicle, that violated. The Florida Deceptive Unfair Trade Practices Act, they call it FDUPTA, F-D-U-P-T-A, Florida Deceptive Unfair uh, Trade Practices Act. Um, The particular portion of the law is 501.976, and it's paragraphs 16 through 18. Basically, to take away the legalese to make it simple, are you a witness to someone that uh, charged a deceptive regulatory fee that would be something that you thought was a regulatory fee, but it wasn't. Electronic filing fee, tag agency fee, e-filing fee, documentary fee. Car dealers call these deceptive fees something that you think is something fair. Uh, That's a government fee. So if you're a witness and you know of a person that did this, we'd love to have you contact the show, contact me or Stu or Rick or Nancy personally, mm-hmm. contact anybody. Uh, we'd like to have some witnesses on that yeah. uh, because this class action suit will be proceeding. Now, the other thing is, is this dealer just simply charging more <coughs> than the advertised price? If someone advertised online, billboard, TV, any kind of media, a price, 
and you went in and bought the car at that price, and you paid anything additional besides government fees, that is a violation of the Florida Deceptive Unfair Trade Practices Act, 501.976, paragraph 16 through 18. If you know of this. If you know of them. So if you're a witness to either of those two cases, they charge you a fee that was uh, made up, pretend fee, made you think it was a government fee mm -hmm. on top of the advertised price, and you saw that, and you're a witness, let us know, or you just were charged more. Yep. You don't know why. <clears throat> the car was 14900 You went in, you ended up paying 15900 and that didn't result from the tax and tag, government fees. That resulted from, well, I don't know why it happened. It was a more than the actual yeah. advertised price. Yeah, so if you've seen anything like that, um, email that information to us. Uh, the best is probably Earl at EarlOnCars.com. Earl at EarlOnCars.com. Right. Or you can call yep. or you can text. Just get a hold of us. It's very important. Okay, did you find that text too? Um, no, I think we're caught up. I think I was. Oh, we are caught yep. up. Okay. Uh, let me uh, go a little further on the dealer fee thing. We have... Uh, we are witnesses to a lot of this because virtually every mystery shopping report that we have conducted, uh, virtually everyone, had a violation of FDUPTA, uh, Florida Deceptive Unfair Trade Practices Act. And it typically has to do with bait and switch. They advertise a price, and you can't buy the car at that price. You have to buy the car for more money. And uh, this is against the law. And virtually every car dealer in Florida and Really, the whole United States is doing this. So the only way to stop it is to get the attention of the dealers. The way you get the attention of a dealer or any uh, immoral, unethical business is through class actions. Class actions are you're able to right a wrong and punish the perpetrator without money out of pocket. Now, by the way, the Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act, the person who is sued and loses, the prevailing party, wins the attorney's fees uh, back from the defeated party. So the car dealers will pay the attorney's fees. So it costs the, pl the plaintiffs nothing. And the attorney's fees are awarded to the attorneys. The full amount of the recovery which could be in the millions or maybe billions of dollars, would be divided up among all the class participants, the class of people, which in this case, frankly, will be a huge number of people. And so the actual amount of recovery, when you divide it up, will be very small. The argument against class actions has always been the attorneys get all the money. Well, the attorneys do get a lot of money, but they don't take it from the class. They don't take it from the people that are suing they're suing on behalf of. They take it from the perpetrator. Mm -hmm. I just want to let you know, we did have a caller who um, said that they would like, wants to be a witness for the um, uh, class action lawsuit. Wow. He did hang, uh, hang up. His name was Steve. So, Steve, if you're listening, please call back. Or, uh, if you'd rather, you can email Earl at earl at earloncars.com. But it would be great to hear from you. So, if you want to call back and uh, let us know what you saw, we would really appreciate it. Boy, I'll tell you, what a great incentive. You know, the, 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 the buyer is going to get his money back, and uh, he was taken advantage of. 877-960-9960. Uh, 
or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, we have a mystery shopping report coming up, yeah. and uh, that is from... Uh, Coral Springs Honda, and I think that the recovering car dealer is uh, ready to share that with our audience. And remember, you too can rate that mystery shop, 772-497-6530. I see Rudy uh, Brighton, so we may have a caller here. Well, I think Steve is... Oh, okay, very good. Steve's getting back on the line. That's great. Okay, Steve, appreciate the call back. Uh, Mystery shopping report of Coral Springs Honda. Now... In full disclosure, uh, I know the owner of Coral Springs Honda, and uh, uh, his, he is a, uh, one of the Page family group, a uh, fine automotive family. Uh, Kenny Page owns Coral Spring Honda. Kenneth? Kenny. Is he related to Bill? Brothers. Really? They're brothers, yeah. Oh. And uh, Bill Jr., Okay, we do have a caller, De- so before we get into the mystery shopping report. Okay, we're going to go to Dennis, who's uh, holding. He's calling from Palm City. Hi, Hi Dennis. Dennis. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, a couple of comments. Uh, the oil stain. Um, Home Depot sells a product. Uh, the name escapes me right now, but uh, it's a white material that you put on, and uh, it eats down through the concrete, and... Uh, and you just brush it off, and it actually removes the stain. Uh, a couple of people where I live have used it. Um, Great. And then uh, on the uh, the insurance uh, with the fees, uh, uh, we have a fleet of vehicles. We we uh, we roll them about every seven months before they get to sixty thousand miles, so we can get a good trade in on them. Mm-hmm. And my last trade, uh, <laughs> Carfax came back with uh, vehicle accident and structural damage. And the dealer said he can't sell the car. He can't put it on the lot. So uh, uh, I'm going to go back to the insurance company later this week and see if I can get them to cover that loss. Absolutely. Uh, because uh, Carfax, uh, it, it's a great tool, but uh, I had no idea that it was going to show up on my trade-in. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, uh, remember uh, uh, Donner and Partners. Uh, used to be Gordon and Donner, but Donner and Partners, uh, I'm not sure if they have a, a Palm City branch. They're located in North Palm Beach, uh, and they do a great job. Every time we have a customer that is uh, wronged by the insurance company, we send them to Gordon and Partners. I don't get a kickback, by the way. Nope. I don't take anything. I'm not, I'm not advertising for them at all. Just trying but to they're, help they're, they're competent, and there's no fee to you, Dennis, if they do take your case. They go after the insurance company, and the, their fee is paid by uh, them, yep. and then you get your... I've never known them to lose a case. They always get the money, so uh, that's a that's something... I'm glad you spotted that, and it underlines the importance of uh, getting your diminished value from your insurance company. Yep, great. And I love your show. Thank you so much. Thank I you, appreciate Dennis. it. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, now we're back <clears throat> on the... Uh, mystery shopping report and we're talking about the fact that i do know the owner of coral springs honda and um, i just didn't want you to think that we're going to tell it like it is anyway and uh, we will uh, name names and if they're right they're right if they're wrong they're wrong okay this uh mystery shop was a special one because it's agent x's final report yep i'm sorry to report that agent x has moved to kansas uh, pursuing new opportunities in life and love. That's right. He's on the road right now. Yeah, I'm starting to tear up. Here. Yeah, thank you. 
As I read this report, Agent X is driving west, just outside of Little Rock, Arkansas. By the time... I can, I'm sorry. <laughs> he said you weren't going to say. I won't do that. <laughs> I hope he has his radio on and can hear me because I wanted to say how grateful I am for his years of service and his contribution to the mission of Earl Stewart on Cars. Agent X conducted hundreds of investigations over the years uncovering some of the biggest scams and deceptions perpetrated by car dealers all over Florida. He was fearless, crafty with a talent for navigating the high-pressure world of car sales. Agent X was our point man in our Takata crusade, and his actions uh, almost, or even literally, involved him risking his life. Certainly, physical assault. Whether yeah. he would have uh, died, I don't know. Well, I was thinking yeah. about the the airbags, the ones that were. Well, that's. About the, okay, I didn't even <laughs> think about yeah, the airbags. I think that's a priority. So <laughs> we can say literally, you're yeah. absolutely right. Shrapnel. Um, rode in the cars with defective airbags. Explosions. Almost every week when we went through this, it was every week, yeah. uh, he played a role in saving others' lives. Yep. Real Store on Cars has other mystery shopping agents to deploy, but maybe maybe a while. Uh, I hope it's never, uh, that we will find another legend like, like Agent X. So, Agent X, if you're listening, thank you, my friend. Godspeed. Bye, con Dios. Bye, con Dios. <laughs> we, have, we have a new Agent X applying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. We don't say the name. Don't nope. say who that it was. A- a- Agent X. Well, the final, the final mission for Agent X took him to Coral Springs Honda high-volume Honda dealer in Coral Springs between Deerfield and Sunrise. We sent him down to check out a 2005 Honda Civic they posted online for sale. It was under recall for a no-fix. Parts aren't available. Cannot fix this car. No-fix on the passenger side, Takata airbag recall. The price was just $4,990. Everybody wants a car under $5,000. Interestingly enough, that's the car that every dealer wants to have on his website yeah. because everybody thinks that used cars are less expensive than they really are. Everybody wants a car, and I hear this so many times. Friends, anybody I see, hey, you got a nice used car for under $5,000. The answer is no. no. There are no nice used cars for under $5,000. We have used cars. Uh, well, Not so nice. We don't have, yes, exactly. So uh, that was the ad car. I called ahead, spoke to Thea. Uh, Thea identified herself as the internet sales manager. I asked her about the 2005 Civic. She said it was a fresh unit, a uh, fresh car, and it was uh, currently going through their inspection process. However, she said it was for sale and I could come and take a look at it. We set an appointment for me to visit at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I was en route when I received a call uh, from Thea. And uh, she said she was sorry and uh, reported the Civic failed their mechanical inspection test and she'd not be able to sell it to me. Well, that's refreshing. I asked her why it failed the inspection. She pressed and passed, uh, pressed her on why uh, they listed it for sale on the website in the first place. When they didn't know if it was roadworthy, she apologized. This comes up later in the report. Uh, said I should speak with the used car manager who could explain the specifics as to why this car was advertised and then withdrawn from sale. She quickly pivoted to other possibilities she'd identified for me, other cars. She said she had a 2007 Civic and a 2009. 
Uh, Thea conceded they would cost a little more and asked if I was still interested. I said I was. Thea sounded relieved, of course, told me to ask for her when she arrived and she'd set me up with one of her salespeople. I found the dealership easily, parked, entered, and asked for Thea. I didn't wait long before she came out to greet me with a smile. She introduced me to Ricky, who already knew what vehicles to show me. Ricky led me outside. The 2009 and 2000 Civics were marked, parked next to each other. The window sticker on the 2007 showed a price of $6,900. Uh, the 2009 was $8,800. Both prices were considered higher, uh, considerably higher than the 2005 Civic, naturally. But they were newer, and both cars looked to be in decent shape. I told Ricky I liked the 2009 better. It was a coupe, and the dark gray paint looked flawless. We opened the car, inspected it together. I asked him if it had passed inspection. He said it had. I asked him if there were any safety issues, and he said no. First of the three questions. They wouldn't have passed inspection if there were any found, he said. Well, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. I asked if it had been... In an accident, Ricky said the Carfax was clean, and he uh, he could look it up. Now, Nancy asked me about that in the car. Um, we use this term, clean Carfax, a lot. It's a, it's an automotive term. And I think you need to press beyond, right. does it have a clean Carfax? We're guilty, and I pulled the transparency. I am a car dealer. We once allegedly told the customer. We don't know for sure we did, but I could, I could see where we would. We said the car had a clean Carfax when, in fact, it had been in a slight accident. Carfax will differentiate between serious accidents and not so serious accidents. So any kind of a any kind of an accident that requires an insurance repair, a scratched fender, would be up on a Carfax report, and we might think that a scratched fender that had been painted is a clean Carfax. There's nothing wrong with the car; it just had a fender scratched. But you heard our earlier call from the customer from Palm City saying that diminished value. When a car has been yeah. in any kind of an accident, Anything. it has diminished once, value. Once it's on the record. And the other thing is, like you said, there's not a standard term for what does clean Carfax mean. On our mystery shops, we've had dealers say it's got a clean Carfax. They're talking about there's no branded title or accident, yet there are multiple yeah dangerous air, uh, recalls on Yeah, exactly. Deception. So it's a, it's a dangerous term to pay attention to. Deception. We test drove the car, discovered some issues on the ride. There was a strong jolt when the AC cycled, hmm. and the windshield wipers appeared to have etched an arc in the windshield. Uh, I asked Ricky about these. He said he believed they could do something about both, but he'd need to confirm with his used car manager. Now remember, uh, we're talking about an older car, mm -hmm. 2009, I mean nine years old. Uh, and it's being offered for sale relatively inexpensively. Uh, back at Coral Springs Honda, Ricky, oops, yeah, back at Coral Springs Honda, Ricky showed me the Carfax report. It was clean. We're going we're gonna to have to wipe that term out of our mm -hmm. vocabulary, both as a dealership and as an uh, automotive show, because it's too general. It's not okay. a good term. Uh, a uh, safe Carfax, a perfect Carfax. I don't like clean Carfax. Yeah. Uh, there were no indications for accidents or recalls. I brought up the 2005 Civic that had originally brought me in. I wanted to know why it was no longer for sale. He said it failed the safety inspection. I wanted to know specifically what the problem was. He called the used car manager, Steve, who came out to the desk to meet us. And 
You know, as I, as I name these names, it reminds me of my introduction. We tell the truth, we name names, we name dealerships. We've never been sued in 14 years. Just knocked on wood, folks. Never been sued. Because truth, transparency, honesty is a complete perfect defense against libel and slander. We have never lied on the Mr. Shopping Report. Uh, I lost my place. Where am I? Oh, he called the used car manager, Steve, who came out to the desk to meet us. Exactly. Um, and he said, uh, I asked him why they put it online. He, no, he said there was some structural damage. Oh, okay. He said there was a, he pointed to me on He said there was some structural okay, there damage. Okay, there we go. And it had an airbag recall. Sorry, folks. Yeah, it had an airbag recall with no fix. Uh, it was an easy decision to wholesale the car. And, uh. That's good. Kudos mm -hmm. uh, to uh, Paige Honda in Coconut Creek. Uh, kudos because you almost never see this. We've maybe seen it twice in all the yeah. reports. So uh, in that sense, they care about the safety of their customers. And that's a real plus. Uh, I asked why they put it online before they knew it was safe or not. And Steve said they needed to list things quickly to stay competitive. And soon the cars will check it out. But if they don't check it out, they take them off the website right away. I confirm this. That car was not online for sale. Ah, I was going to ask day, the very That same very, that yeah. day. So I was going to say that. And they love cars under $5,000. And every car dealer, when they get a car that looks like it's okay, mm -hmm. Uh, they put that on there before they park the car. I mean, they want online and everywhere else advertised cars cheap and under ten thousand too. Yeah. Uh, ten thousand, a five thousand under five thousand is a diamond. Generates a lot of phone calls, yeah. a lot of floor traffic. Yeah, every dealer has a yeah. section on their website cars under ten thousand. Yeah. And people flock in, and then when they see the car, they don't buy it. Next thing you know, they pay. $27,000 for a used car. Especially this time of year uh, yeah. with tax returns coming in or tax yeah. refunds. Yeah. So be prepared, folks. The cheap cars often aren't something you want to buy, and you've got to be real careful. But if you find a good one, hey, mm -hmm. more power to you. Uh, he moved the conversation uh, back well, to you. You missed a little bit oh. there. I asked him if they had a used car with an airbag Thank recall. You. Okay. Uh, but no other problems. Uh, would they consider it safe? He said they consider it safe only if they could fix it before selling it. And I believe That's that. That's good, yeah. I good for that. them. Uh, he moved the conversation back to the 2009 we just driven, asked how I wanted to pay for it. I said I was using Velocity Credit Union. Uh, I thought I screwed up uh, when Ricky looked puzzled and asked how they were financing an 11-year-old car. This is the reason we liked Agent X. He's fast. Yeah, just Very mm. fast. He figured he'd been caught. I was really impressed with this. Yeah, I mean, the average <laughs> mystery shopper would have had palpitations, felt faint, possibly run, right. because he thought he'd been busted. It collapsed. And as Agent X, I said, I thought quickly and replied confidently that it was a signature loan through the loss of a family member on my wife's and side. And I still don't know what that means. Is that legit? You're a banker. I, <laughs> what is I, that? You know, it, it, is, it smokes me. I I, I, you know, if he had said that to me, I would have, I would have not like, okay, I, yeah. yeah, good. All right, let's continue. <laughs> and it's, it's just the genius of Agent X. Ricky said he was sorry for our loss. And Agent that's X, what it was. It was Agent complete X probably, And Agent X probably teared up. It was misdirection. That's yeah. what it exactly. was. Exactly. I mean, uh, and, and mentioning loss of a family, automatically, yeah. you, he's gonna who's going to back gonna, off? Your salesman's going to want to go right. there and, and exactly. challenge that. Sounds good to me. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Priceless. 
I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him big time. <laughs> I hope he's listening. I wasn't now. sure if what happened next was an honest mistake or theater. Steve said the price was 6800 then paused and said, oops, I missed up. He said the price was really 8800 but since he told me 6800 <laughs> he would honor the mistake. I'm thinking theater. Yeah, I, I think what happened, it was the two-tier pricing. Yeah. That uh, we've seen this before. They'll have an internet price for sixty-eight hundred. Why? Because internet people shop. They don't come in. They can't do the game playing. Uh, they can't throw your car keys on the roof. You know, they can't. Uh, you know, they can't keep you there. Online shopping has to have a low price. So they have two tier. They have a good low price online, and then they have the lot price. So if you walk in the lot, they can always come down. They got you there. They can chase you out to your car when you're going home, but online. So word of the wise, always shop online. Keep that price in mind. Take a screenshot of the price. Have it in your pocket. And when they say, I'm sorry, it's 8800 you say, no, this is the online price. Yep. And all dealers, virtually all dealers, have two-tier pricing. The Internet price is the best price. I do that in Best Buy all the time. Do you? You walk up to the cash register with an object. They say, well, the price is, and I pull out my phone and say, no, it isn't. Here's your your website. <laughs> they love I you. didn't know that about Best Buy. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Fantastic. Here he comes right. again. Uh, we talked about the uh, AC, the air conditioning jolt when the car was running, and the etched windshield, meaning you know, scratched. scratched yeah. His uh, possession was his position was different from what Ricky told me on the test drive. He said the car was being sold as is, and that the low price took the AC problem into consideration. And believe me, folks, uh, a, a a 2000, uh, you know, a nine-year-old car uh, is probably going to be sold as is, and. You need to look at the window sticker because the law says that has to be on the window sticker of a used car, the as-is and the rules. Uh, and uh, But it's negotiating. I mean, you can negotiate because it's as-is, but yeah, you want to sell the car, yeah. you go for it. I said I thought the windshield scratch was a safety issue, and you're absolutely right. And that would be an argument in court. And Steve said that the state of Florida repaired broken windshields free. Now think about this. What the state of Florida will do, require the, if you have comprehensive insurance and you have zero deductible comprehensive insurance, they will require your insurance company to fix a broken windshield. Right, with no deduction. So there's some smoke there. Yeah, no deductions. No deductions. So uh, the state of Florida does not require uh, people or anybody to fix a windshield for free. Was this a mistake? We don't know. I think he misunderstood the how that works. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get into it with him over that statement, but I countered that the windshield was technically bro- wasn't technically broken. Now, uh, you can, as John from Palm City would say, you better sit down for this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Steve then suggested, and I'm not kidding, that after I buy it, I could throw a small rock at the windshield to crack it. <laughs> how about a ball-peen hammer? <laughs> then... <laughs> Then I could get it replaced. Now, I've also heard, and we've heard on Mystery Shops, uh, you ought to take that car out and park it by the side of the road and leave the keys on it. Or drive it into a canal. Or drive it into a canal. So you're going to hear some outrageous things (laughs) on these mysteries. And, of course, you can't accuse them of anything illegal because... If you say anything, <laughs> I was just kidding about that. I'm glad that you didn't think I really meant that. I'm glad he said that he throw the rock after he buys it. Yeah. Otherwise, Agent X could have just popped a rock <laughs> right yeah. there on the spot. <laughs> uh, it would work too, wouldn't it? All you got to do is lie to your insurance company. Oh right? boy! 
I said I wasn't sure if I wanted to buy it. I said uh, the as-is thing made me feel uneasy, and you should feel uneasy. Uh, Ricky uh, happily said that they had a great extended warranty available for the car and ran off for a Vadim, V-A-D-I-M, or perhaps Vadim. Vadim, I don't know. Vadim. Uh, Vadim sat down in front of me and gave a very persuasive presentation. For $2,500, I could get a five-year, 100,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty that began at the current mileage. Now, folks, here is one of the most common, unethical, immoral, uh, uh, prolific, widespread sins of the automotive industry. Bumper-to-bumper warranties. Don't exist. There's no such thing as a bumper-to-bumper warranty. Even from the manufacturer? The manufacturer's warranties are not bumper-to-bumper because, uh, my old stick joke, the, the tires are between the two bumpers, aren't right. they, Rick? And if the tires are between the bumpers, they should be covered under a bumper-to-bumper warranty. Manufacturers do not cover the tires. All warranties are exclusionary, and there are going to be components and systems that all are not covered. All sorts of things. And we always say that when someone wants to sell you a warranty, or when you buy a car that's got a free warranty, read the warranty. But the first thing you should read is what is not covered. And Florida law, and I believe almost all state laws, maybe federal law, probably the Moss Magnuson Warranty Act, requires the exclusions to be listed yes. on all warranties. Read what is excluded. It'll save you a lot of time because you see some good stuff covered, like the motor and the transmission and the drive shaft and the rear axle, all those things that don't ever break. Yep. And they don't tell you yep. about the navigation system and the air conditioning. And the entertainment and the, system. And the, and the entertainment system and on and on and on. You know, excuse me, Consumer Report did a great job on warranties. Yes. Something to read. Yeah. I told them that I wanted uh, the car and I wanted the warranty too. Adam jumped up and said he'd get the paperwork ready. And Ricky said he'd get the car and clean, and clean up. They were all visibly disappointed when I said I had to speak with my wife. Buzzkill. Before signing in. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Steve said he could only hold the car for a $500 deposit. I said I would have to ask my wife for that, and he said he couldn't hold the car. I asked if I could clear it with my wife and called him with a credit card number. Um, we, he would hold it. He said he'd do that, the credit card number, but couldn't promise the car wouldn't sell. In the meantime, another aside, I hope we have time. Anytime you leave a deposit with a dealer, read the receipt that you're going to be getting. The receipt must say refundable. If you don't, say, if you get a receipt and give them the money that says does not say refundable, they can keep your deposit. Also, credit cards are a great idea. Why? Because you can call the card company and you can tell the card company don't pay them, and you can contest it. And usually, the credit card companies are on your side especially with a car dealer. So if you have to leave a deposit, put it on your credit card. I asked for a buyer's order. She said that was no problem. Surprise number two, first surprise being the fact that they were so honest about the Takata airbag and the fact that they will offer a buyer's order. You'll find most car dealers will not give you a buyer's order. We had one not too long ago that uh, got very passionate about it, wouldn't even let our mystery shopper take a picture of the buyer's order. Uh, he returned a few minutes later with a buyer's order. The price was 6800 plus 2500 for the warranty, plus a $799 dealer fee and a $499 tag agency fee. 
Now, if you heard me earlier talking about the class action suit, one of the one of the criteria for the FDUPTA violation was the fact that they charge a deceptive regulatory fee. Okay. Now, a deceptive regulatory fee is a tag agency fee. Because the tag agency fee, if they use a tag agency, is only about you know, far less than $449. They're marking up a fee, possibly, and they may not even have an outside tag agency. And this is a deceptive regulatory fee. So what we have here is a violation of FDUPTA 501.96, Florida Deceptive Unfair Trade Practices Act, paragraph 16 through 18. This is a violation, and we're looking for witnesses to this type of violation. We're not asking for victims. We can't do that because we can't solicit people that are, that are plaintiffs in a class action. That's against the law. But we can ask for witnesses and we're looking for witnesses to anyone that had this type of thing happen. Meanwhile, back at the mystery shopping report, uh, we cannot know whether Carl Springs Honda wholesaled the 2005 Civic because of the Takata recall, but I suppose that we should take them at their word. And Stu did say that they did remove it. It was removed like within hours of Agent X first yeah. calling in. So that's good. That's a plus. Overall, Agent X was treated pretty well by everyone at the dealership, with the exception of how Steve handled the mechanical and windshield issue. So there we have it. Uh, as usual, a mystery shopping report with some good, with some bad, and maybe a little ugly. Mm, maybe good, a little bad, ugly. ugly. And we also have to remind our listeners and our watchers, Facebook, YouTube, that there are no perfect car dealers. I mean, there's no perfect human beings, right? There's no perfect car dealers, especially. They're all tainted, especially in Florida. So we don't grade on an absolute basis. We grade on a curve. We have to have car dealers that we can recommend somebody to. Otherwise, we'd say nobody in Florida can ever buy a car again. Well, we can't do that. So we have a recommended car dealer list and a do not buy from this car dealer list. Keep that in mind when you score on a failing grade all the way up to an A. So uh, let's start with <coughs> our call-in scores. Yeah, we have tech scores coming in. We have a uh, anonymous B. Jeff gives him a C plus. Marco gives him a D. Um, was it, I think that's Glenn gives him a B. Mary, B minus. May, C minus. And Ed gives him an A minus. So they're d doing better than yeah. we usually see. Yeah, good. Th th those are good scores. Yeah. Uh, which of the staff here uh, would like to go first. I'll go. I'll go first. I think uh, I'm going to give him a C. Um, I, the dealer fee thing. There was some some sketchy actions there, but overall, it was better than um, most of the shops that we've seen. Yes, I agree. Mrs. Sunrise, A.K.A. Nancy. Yes, um, <clears throat> I agree with Stu. Uh, I give him a C. Uh, my eyes tear up as I look at the Gallup poll and where we were. Uh, and that uh, members of Congress were last, now and here last. we are at the very bottom of the list. It saddens me. It saddens me. It and does. before, it sucks. what is your what is your <laughs> score? 
a C. A C, I'm sorry. Rick? Um, we've got one online score <laughs> of a C here as well. And I'm, I'm going to go with a C. Well, actually, I'm going to call it a B- minus because I, I think they went with the usual rather visible pitfalls with the dealer fee and that, the same ones that we've been warning so many folks about. But I think they did very well with the Takata airbag yeah, situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's complex. I, I, I'm, I'm torn. Clearly a passing score for me. Uh, I feel like I don't want to be accused of uh, partisan because I do know Kenny Page. I like Ken used to be the president of the Florida Automobile Dealers Association. And uh, he and I were both on the board of directors together. Uh, Stu and I went down the Colorado River with his brother. And, and niece and nephew. Uh, yes. Yeah. And so... I don't want to be considered as partisan. Um, I'm going to give them a, a C plus. Uh, I uh, the, the, what they did with the Takata is so good yeah. that I uh, some of the other stuff uh, is just kind of throw into the average category, and I'm going to give them a plus because I love Kenny. And, and go ahead. <laughs> I've actually just heard from Agent X's his handler is uh, secret communique. We have a setup where we're getting this. Oh bounced around through Tor Onion Networks to make sure that he's kept <laughs> totally secret. Uh, Agent X gave a C, and he also says that uh, he feels a little heartbroken, too, having to leave us. Mm -hmm. Well, if you tear up, Agent X, I want you to pull over the side because I want you driving safe. When you cry when you're driving, it's dangerous. He asks if, uh, if we're okay with it, he would like to do a mystery shop in Kansas. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, oh, thank you. So thank you are listening, Agent X. Yes, we would welcome that because it takes a little pressure off me to find another uh, yeah. investigator. And, and I think <laughs> I think we'll find. I think the car dealers in Kansas, on general, are more honest, moral. You know, the Midwest kind of a thing. We'll, we'll find out. We're going to find. Well, out. Well, I, I know some guys in Kansas. Yeah. Hey, we can, we can ask Larry Wentz, the moderator. Yeah. That we know yeah. about uh, some car dealers we can shop there. Yeah. All right. yeah. You hear that, Agent I'm X? Get to it. We, we need we need one for next Saturday. Hey, Angel X, uh, I'd just like to let you know that you will be missed. Yeah. And, uh, gosh, what's what's up with Kansas? I know four people just this past two weeks that have gone to Kansas. I know, I, well, it's because of global warming and the seas are rising. Exactly. And you want to be as far in the, as no, you they can want, get. They, they want oceanfront property. Uh, exactly. I, 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 I don't know. I was <laughs> watching that Kansas uh, City Chiefs game, and they were shoveling some snow. Oh, yeah. It snows a lot there. <laughs> and, me, I, and, me, and I warned Angel X about the snow. Let me say something <laughs> on a serious note here, because Nancy uh, uh, made me think about it as she looked at the Gallup poll on honesty and ethics and professions, the most recent Gallup poll that ranked car dealers dead last out of all the professions in terms of dishonesty and, and lack of integrity. It's a terrible thing. Now, I joke, I laugh about it a lot. I had a caller say, uh, how, what did my car dealer friend say? You know, on a serious note, it embarrasses me that I'm a car dealer. And I've been a car dealer all my life, almost 50 years uh, I've been a car dealer. And when, I, when I'm out and when we're out traveling, Nancy and I were just on vacation, and we'd be talking to people in a group, people who didn't know who I was, I was ashamed to tell them I was a car dealer. And I'm ashamed now to tell people I'm a car dealer. And I don't want that to be my legacy. And I think a lot of what we do on this show, and Nancy and Rick and Stu and I, and all we do with the blogs and so on and so forth, is to try to raise the um, honesty ethics of all the car dealers, and it just embarrasses me. Yeah. 
I mean, why should I be a... It's like saying I'm an ex-con. I tell people I'm a card dealer. Card dealer. I'd rather say <laughs> I dealt blackjack. Right. I would. Because, you know, and they never say anything to you. They they look at you as a card dealer. Yeah, I work, I work down at the okay, hard Okay, we're out. Yeah, of, I remember us being in Vegas, and they, they targeted me. Uh, because of him, uh, but we won't go there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for joining us here at uh, Earl Stewart on Cars, and uh, a big thank you to uh, Jonathan and Rudy, uh, who helps us uh, weekend and week out. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you right back here, 8 a.m.